0: Lesson is written in the book of the Gospel according to St. Mark, beginning with the 40th verse. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for the cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Here ends our gospel lesson. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our salvation. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us today. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Please be seated. You know what's an interesting, you know, this whole leprosy, leprosy. It's a really interesting concept in the Bible. If you look at someone, at the other infirmities that are mentioned, we have people that are blind. Are blind people ever excluded from towns, villages, from the temple? No. People that are lame, are they excluded? No. Broken arm, broken leg, withered hand but leprosy, leprosy was different. If you had leprosy, you were excluded. And you know, the interesting thing is, if you go to Leviticus, to like Leviticus 12, 13, 14, it talks about mildew, talks about, you know, clothes, that you get mildew on your clothes. And when you got this mildew, you had to take your clothes to the priest. And the priest would look at your clothes. He'd look at the mildew. He'd say, okay, look, what I want you to do is I want you to wash your clothes. Then I want you to put them in isolation for seven days. Then we'll look at them again. And if they're still mildew, we'll wash them again. And then we'll put them in, in uh, quarantine for seven days. And if there's still mildew on it, then they have to burn the clothes. Then they talk about it talks about in um, in houses that there was this kind of red mildew that used to grow in the houses So what they literally would do is scrape the plaster off take the stones out that had mildew Take them outside of the village put them in a pile and leave them there put new stones in Plaster over everything and then wait and see what happens nobody lived in the house The, the, the priest would literally shut the door nobody could go in they'd look seven days If the mildew was gone, great, move back into the house. If not, you try it again. If the mildew was still there, they tore the house down and took all the stones out of the village because they didn't want to contaminate any other house. They burned the clothes so that other people's clothes wouldn't be uh, contaminated with this mildew. Same thing when people got mildew when people had these sores now you know the interesting thing is when you look at the ex, you know when they take look at these old testament texts in leviticus i mean even when you look at doctors today look at it and they scratch their heads and wonder what in the world disease what is this disease that's being described you know what it what it is testimony to is that when you became a priest you became schooled in in recognizing Certain kinds of infectious diseases there were some there were some skin diseases that the priest would look at and go okay Let's see what happens give it you know like they didn't say take an aspirin They didn't have aspirin then but you know go home But what they did was they looked at it and said okay We need to I need some more time so we're going to put you in isolation after seven days. We'll look again. Ooh, okay It's changed. You're clean. You can go ooh it's not clean. We'll put you in isolation for seven days more. Then they looked at them again and said, okay, you're still unclean. Now that you're unclean, you've got to wear torn robes, you've got to let your hair hang into your face, and you've got to walk around the village, and any time someone comes up to you, you have to put your eyes down and say, unclean, unclean, unclean. And you couldn't live in the village. You had to live outside the village. You couldn't have, uh, you know... Um, an association with your family anymore. You had to live on your own and with other lepers. And you know, the interesting thing is that there was no bomb, there was no salve, there was no course of treatment, there was no miracle bullet pill that, you know, that was given. You had to rely, they had to rely on God. And when they were in isolation, there was the hope that God would heal. What's interesting about leprosy is that it is, the leprosy that excludes is a judgment by the priest for God. It was a religious disease and it meant to communicate an understanding to Israel that there are certain people, certain things, that will contaminate and that you have to exclude or there will be contamination. It was a judgment. It was, it was called the finger of God by the Jews. The finger of God would point at you when you had that leprosy that excluded. That was God going, you're bad. and it went from your house to your clothes to your person you know it's it, it 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 it's not it it's a it is a disease in the old testament that is a metaphor it is an understanding it is meant to drive the people of Israel and all of God's people from that poor uh, time until now to make them think about a declaration by God's representative of uncleanness, of sickness that excludes you. Terrible. You have boils. You're sick. And what does somebody say to you? What does a priest say the intermediary for God say to you, you are sick and you got to stay away. That's why leprosy was considered as, if you had leprosy and you had the kind of skin disease that excluded you by a priest, then you were as good as dead unless God healed you. It was a deathly serious disease and it affected everything about a person. And you know, David... David understood that. David understood that he had a disease. He didn't have leprosy. But after he was with uh, Bathsheba, and then he had Uriah murdered, he understood that he had a disease, that he had things on him. His His sins were like those boils and those sores that exclude a man for leprosy. And that's why he said in Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. So there's his transgressions were like sores on his body. And he said, God, blot them out. Clean them up. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your, right, in your sight, so that you are justified in the sentence and blameless in your judgment. You know, the interesting thing is David goes even further, that he says this iniquity, this taint, this, this tainting, this, this disease goes right back to his conception. He says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So he knew that there was a condition that he needed help from. He needed God to cleanse him. And then we have another psalm. Psalm 50. And this is what the psalmist tells David and all. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Those are the words of life. That's what David heard, and that is what this man heard. And in Psalm 51, David, he says, just... Clean me, Lord, but more than that. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to thee. I mean, you could see that that's what that leper did that day. He understood. He understood that he was tainted, that he had a disease, and there was nothing that could be done for it, that there was no salve, there was no bomb, there was no IV, there was no penicillin, there was nothing for him. But what he could do is he, go to, he could go to Jesus, and that he saw in Jesus his cure. He knew, like everyone else from Israel, that only God can cure leprosy. And You know, it was interesting in the account of Naaman. Number one, Naaman wasn't an Israelite. He was not judged by people in Israel, any priest, that he had leprosy. But yet he knew that that was a sign to him of his uncleanness. And he knew that he needed relief from this. And so he came to God. And you know the amazing thing is, he kind of came humbly, but when you know, he was told what to do, he was unimpressed. He wanted show. He wanted fire from heaven. He wanted to go on a quest. But instead, what did God say? Dip yourself seven times, a number of completeness, in the water, cleansing, and you'll, and you'll be cleansed. And, and he obeyed. And you know, the amazing thing is what they don't, we, we, you know the, um, in terms of the lectionary, they don't, they don't say what Naaman says. And Naaman admits to everybody, an enemy of God's people, I believe in the God of Israel. And he said, you know what makes me sad is I've got to go back to Aram and I've got to bend my knee to the idols and the false gods and it tears my heart out. But I have to do it because I'm a part of that culture and I can't be a part of yours. But here we have this leper. He comes, and and, I mean, he realizes, I'm sick, and I need God's help. And you know, the amazing thing is, what does Jesus do, the Son of God? But he's not like everyone else that's repulsed by him, but he touches him, and, and he heals him. What a beautiful thing. And he changes him. And then the first thing that he does is say, now, go to the priests. Why? Because... the priests had declared this man a leper, and to really free him in the community, he had to go back to them. And it was also proof that the miracle occurred, so that when he said it, there would be proof, and the priests would prove that this man, yep, he was sick. We declared that he was sick. Now he's, he's well, and he was made well by this man. And so therefore, he was made well by the hand of God, literally. Isn't it interesting where they talk about the finger of God being the curse of leprosy. And now it's the hand of God who touches and cures him. Isn't that beautiful? And you know, the wonderful thing is that that man was inflicted with a horrible disease. But that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Because it drove him to Jesus. It drove him to humility. It drove him to reach out. You know, the problem is that if you don't think you're a leper, the problem is when you don't think you need Jesus. That's the problem. Because you'll never come to him, you'll never experience that touch, you'll never experience that healing, you'll never experience rebirth. You'll never experience the joy of God's salvation. You'll never experience a clean heart. I mean, wouldn't you love to have a clean heart? Wouldn't you love to have the kind of mind you had when you were a child and you were free? I do. I want that. I find that I have an intellectual adult mind And it's pretty bad. We think too much and believe too little. We want wisdom. We want signs. We want all the things that God says not good for you. What we need is just faith. What we need to do is like this man. I mean, the humility, the beautiful thing. Do you hear what he says? This is amazing. This this is what God says longs for people to say if you are willing can you make me clean you can make me clean if you are willing that defers to God that allows God to be sovereign and expresses our humility and that's when Jesus reaches out and touches you know, I wonder sometimes, growing up in the church, every Communion Sunday, we have the confession of sins. And, um, oops, not two Sundays in a row. Um, we have the confession of sins, and I wonder, what, are we really ta- what do we really do? Is this really, is the confession time an opportunity to say to Jesus I'm sick I've got sores all over me I have got a dirty heart I have got a dirty mind I'm just I, I'm a mess and I've tried everything to clean up but I can't I've tried every miracle cure I've written away, I've, and I've called that 800 number and, and, and got that miracle cure, and it hasn't worked. But what I need, Jesus Christ, is you. I need you to heal me. I need you to blot out my sins. I need you to change me. I need you to touch me, and I need you to make me whole. I have to confess that too often it was sort of just something you do. You stand there and you say, yes, Lord, I've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I've said and left unsaid and done and left undone and yada, yada, yada. No. This is a life-changing and powerful moment that God in his grace gives us to come before him and really to confess that I am sick, and I am dying, and I need you to help me. And you know the amazing thing is, he does. That's the amazing thing. That despite my unworthiness, he still heals me. And then you know what else he does? He feeds me. He gives me his body and his blood. And when I receive that body and that blood, he also says, and I forgive you. It's chemotherapy. It's penicillin. It's an IV. It's a magic bullet. It's all of those things. And we walk away healed. And I just pray that I don't take that for granted, and I pray you don't take that for granted. And so when we come up to the rail today, that we say that, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sick. Heal me. Forgive me. Amen. Please rise for the blessing. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guard and keep us from today and into all eternity. Amen.